KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson, in for Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, June 13th. Where will San Diego's unhoused go if encampments are banned? More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego City Council is voting today on an ordinance that would ban homeless encampments in public spaces. The proposed law would prohibit encampments at any time near schools, shelters, parks, and open spaces. It would also ban encampments on other public property but only when shelter space is available. The nonprofit Alpha Project operates four shelters in the city. CEO Bob McElroy says he's pro-enforcement, but... Unless you have an alternative, a place for people to go, you can't, then you're criminalizing homelessness. But if you've got an option, get help or get in trouble, I've seen that motivation work hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times over again where people have gotten the help. The city of San Diego has roughly 2,400 shelter beds, most of which are in use. But the latest point-in-time homeless count data shows there are 3,200 unsheltered homeless people in the city. San Diego's public school teachers are getting a raise. Members of the San Diego Education Association cast votes for a new contract in recent days. And on Monday, the union announced its adoption. The new contract includes a 15 percent wage increase and maintaining or boosting the current level of support staff. The San Diego Unified School Board is expected to ratify the contract later this month, with the deal lasting through June 2025. Some of Stan Kroenke's money is coming to San Diego. You may remember the name popping up during the Chargers relocation saga. Now, the real estate development group led by the billionaire owner of the L.A. Rams is joining Midway Rising. The San Diego City Council chose Midway Rising last year as the umbrella organization for the redevelopment of the Midway District, which will include a new arena. Kroenke is perhaps most recently known for building SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, where the Chargers now play. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Earlier, we mentioned the decision before the San Diego City Council today. If approved, it would outlaw homeless encampments in certain areas of the city, Where would those residents go, and how might other communities be impacted if it's approved? Monday's KPBS Midday Edition spent a lot of time on the topic with Voice of San Diego senior investigative reporter Lisa Halverstadt lending some of her insight. Here's a portion of that conversation with Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. There are still a lot of areas in the city where this ordinance would not go into effect, so can you explain that? Sure. So I think it's important, as I said before, um, for listeners to really understand that um, shelter often is not available, um, whether it's somebody wanting it or the police are trying to persuade someone to accept it. Um, So on a typical day in the last few months, just 23 beds 
were available on a typical day for a population that we learned, um, you know, in the most recent downtown San Diego partnership count totals more than 20, 2,100 people downtown and in its outskirts. Um, that's just the downtown area. Um, so when shelter is not available, um, police won't be able to fully enforce the ordinance on a sidewalk that isn't in one of those sensitive areas that I talked about before. So this could mean that um, people are able to camp um, and, you know, if it's uh, an area that's not in a sensitive place, they're not blocking a sidewalk, so it is an encroachment violation. Um, people may go to places like Golden Hill, for example, um, or even the Gas Lab Quarter, where there are large swaths of areas that um, are not marked as sensitive because um, they don't have a park or it's not within two blocks of a school or a shelter. Um, and so, you know, I think it will be interesting to see, you know, over time, I've written a lot about the impacts of enforcement um, on the homeless community. And what I often see is folks moving from place to place to avoid enforcement um, and, and then moving back um, eventually. So I think it will be really interesting to see, you know, what sort of migration happens as a result of this. Um, but the details matter in terms of, of how the enforcement looks and works. And that in mind, let's say this proposal passes, where will people go? That's a good question. Um, so uh, Mayor Todd Gloria and Councilman Stephen Whitburn, um, who has written this ordinance, uh, they have said that they recognize that there's a need to provide a lot more shelter options for people to take advantage of. So the city plans to open two safe campsites in Balboa Park um, that would supply 500 campsites. Um, but again, as I said before, in my reporting experience, many folks will be moving to areas where they think they won't face as much enforcement. There will be a bunch of people who take the city up on the offer of those campsites or additional shelter beds, but there are going to be people that relocate themselves, if only temporarily. Um, and that could mean that they go into neighborhoods outside that service concentrated area, outside of downtown. Um, they could end up, um, you know, as I said before, in places like Golden Hill or Sherman Heights, um, or even in other cities. Uh, I've seen in the past folks going to Chula Vista to avoid enforcement that's happening in the downtown area. Um, so I think uh, it, it will be very interesting to see um, if this passes, where else people end up, um, you know, in places where they might not have been in the past. What do city leaders hope a ban could accomplish? So in the city of San Diego, um, I know uh, Mayor Gloria and Councilmember Whitburn want to see a major decrease in street homelessness that, you know, anyone who lives in San Diego knows has been surging in the city. Um, but but Mayor Gloria has said, you know, there's not going to be an overnight change um, in tents lining sidewalks if the ordinance is approved on Tuesday. Um, they have a police staffing shortage. There are also limited resources. So uh, you know, an assistant police chief told me the city will start with cracking down on homeless camps that are in parks and near schools rather than all the areas. Um, and, you know, particularly they, I think, chose schools because uh, San Diego police expect that they can partner with school officers for enforcement near schools. Um, but the police, you know, really have said, too, that they think that this gives them more backbone than um, uh, other offenses currently on the books related to homelessness, if it passes, of course, um, they expect to try to use patrol officers to try to maintain cleared areas after they tell unsheltered people they need to move, which is something they haven't done before. And this also gives them power, especially within these sensitive areas, 
um, to say that folks need to move on, even if they're not necessarily blocking a sidewalk, um, which now is is really the major offense that police use um, to address homelessness. But often, you know, someone may set up their tent on a sidewalk, but it's not necessarily blocking the sidewalk. And so that really doesn't always give the police a tool to get someone to move on. That was Voice of San Diego's Lisa Halverstadt with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. You can hear more of that conversation on Monday's Midday Edition podcast. It's on all major podcast platforms and at kpbs.org. As the city of San Diego weighs a ban on tent encampments, San Diego Unified is considering options to help its unhoused students. iNewsource reporter Andrea Figueroa-Breseño has more. Almost 12,000 students were homeless in San Diego last academic year, with the vast majority of them attending San Diego Unified schools. Now the district may open its properties for overnight parking and camping. Central Elementary in City Heights, the Ballard Parent Center in Old Town, and a lot across Cardinal Lane near Linda Vista are all under consideration. The board hasn't yet made any final decisions, but school officials could partner with the city to help make it happen, and Mayor Todd Gloria is expected to discuss the proposal more during a presentation this week. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Andrea Figueroa Briseño. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. San Diego high school students hoping to save money and time toward completing a college degree have triggered a dramatic increase in dual enrollment. Education reporter M.G. Perez explains. High school juniors and seniors get a head start on their higher education by taking college credit courses through a community college during the school year and summer session. The San Diego Community College District has more than 4,000 high schoolers currently dual enrolled with one of its campuses. That's a 30% increase in the past year alone. Brianna Hinojosa just graduated from Miramar College after starting in 2020 while still in high school. Really, I like the layout of college classes, knowing what to expect, so you're kind of not like getting things thrown at you. Hinojosa saved time and money, and it paid off. She's been accepted to UCLA, where she will pursue a bachelor's degree in psychology. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. San Diego's Rady Children's Hospital is seeing an increase in kids being referred or diagnosed with ADHD. Health reporter Matt Hoffman says the trend started during the pandemic. Referrals and diagnoses for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, are up 30 percent at Rady Children's Hospital. So this was something that obviously has caught our attention. Dr. Willow Jenkins is a child psychiatrist at Rady's. She says she has some ideas for what's behind the increases. Just spending more time with your children, you're getting more data. So I think more parents were able to recognize, hey, my child is, seems to be struggling more with their ability to concentrate, their ability to focus. Jenkins says roughly 60 to 80 percent of kids with ADHD will use medication at some point, And she says it can be effective with managing symptoms. During the pandemic, the CDC reported large increases among kids using prescription stimulants. Not everyone needs medication, though. Having a more structured environment or things like physical activity can also help. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. 
Coming up, San Diego artists tell the stories of those who fought off plans to turn their neighborhoods into a freeway. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. The Mission San Luis Rey in Oceanside celebrates its 225th anniversary today It was the 18th mission to be established in California and became known as the King of the Missions because of its size. But the history of the mission is complex, and North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us it's still on a healing journey. Throughout the day, church bells can be heard ringing at Mission San Luis Rey in Oceanside. But once in a while, you'll also hear the chanting of the people native to the land where the mission stands. Today, the grounds of the Mission San Luis Rey serve as an active church, a meeting place for the San Luis Rey Band of Mission Indians, and a historic landmark. The history of all of the California missions is a complicated history. Gwen Grimes is the executive director of Mission San Luis Rey. She says there's no denying some of the mission's painful history, but the relationship between the church and the Luiseño people is one built on healing. We obviously can't change it, but you know we want to grow our relationship and, and uh, make sure people know that the Lusania people are still here, that the friars are still here. Mel Vernon is the captain of the San Luis Rey Band of Mission Indians, and he thinks his ancestors wouldn't want them to suffer over old wounds. It's, it's best to have a positive outlook because uh, we don't have to look very far in the past to find the traumas that happened to everybody in life. Both Grimes and Vernon agree that healing is a process. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. KPBS is continuing its series on public art with a look at one project in the Southcrest neighborhood. Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says it emerged from the ashes of an abandoned freeway project. This park was, I think, the city's way of trying to, like, heal an open wound. Artists Ingram Ober and Marisol Rendon are walking me through Southcrest Trails Neighborhood Park. More than 50 years ago, the state government began seizing property here to build a freeway, but decades of community opposition put a stop to those plans. The husband and wife duo learned this history through meetings with local residents. Members of the neighborhood and the community shared stories of the loss of this land. The artists were inspired to photograph people pronouncing the various names their neighborhood is known by. Southcrest, Shelltown, Choyas Creek, and Home. And then we sculpted each of those faces to capture that syllable. Cast 380, I think it was, custom blocks that went into this plaza. It shows a chorus of community members reclaiming both their land and identity. You can learn more about the history of this abandoned freeway project by listening to my podcast, Freeway Exit, wherever you get podcasts. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. 
Tell us about the public art you're interested in at kpbs.org slash public art. Pickleball isn't just a game you play with friends for fun anymore. There's a professional tour, and it recently stopped in San Clemente. Melissa May tells us how the game is growing as a spectator sport. The Professional Pickleball Association hosts the PPA Tour, which has grown to 64 full-time touring professional players and a 25-event season. The most recent tournament, the Orange County Cup, just wrapped up in San Clemente. Bryce Morgan is the president of the PPA Tour and says hosting a PPA event has changed. Pickleball's changed a lot in four years. At the beginning, we were looking for any facility that would have us, and now it's becoming a lot bigger of a conversation in terms of, do we have enough logistics of parking? Do we have space? Do we have enough tennis courts that will be converted for pickleball courts? Is there a pickleball facility that already exists that we can utilize? The PPA Tour has events in Florida, Arizona, and other cities in California, but not San Diego yet. But Morgan says they've been in contact with the owners of the Hub Pickleball San Diego about the possibility of bringing the PPA Tour here. Melissa May, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.